Welcome back. In this segment, we're going to talk about 911. One of the things that many of our listeners may be asking is, why did we need a new number? Why do we need 988? And why not just enhance the 911 system? Shannon? This is such a great question, Ron. And I really want to emphasize that we're not looking to replace the 911 system. And and 911 call takers and operators take have such an important role to play in our community. But for far too long, our existing emergency response system has done its best to support people experiencing crises related to suicide, mental illness, and substance use. But the reality is there are best practices out there in the behavioral health care system that the emergency response system is just not equipped to provide. It's going to sound really simple, but talking is a core function of 988. And areas that have really implemented the best practices around the crisis continuum of care have found that as many as 80 to 98% of their behavioral health calls can be resolved over the phone. 80 to 98%? Really? Yes. And I want to caution that these are estimates and they're examples that we pull from communities that have seen a lot of success in this area. But 80 to 98% with no in-person response. I think we're going to see a lot more as 988 comes on to see what the true demand of the emergency response system is and what they have been experiencing related to mental health crisis care. But these estimates show that there are just many, many calls that would otherwise go to the 911 system that just don't need to be there. And 988 was established to improve access to crisis services in a way that meets our country's growing suicidal and mental health related crisis needs. 98 provides easier access to the Lifeline network and related crisis resources. I want to stress here that those resources are distinct from the public safety response of 911, where the focus is really on dispatching emergency medical services, fire, and police as needed. And we often say that 911 is for dispatching a response, and 988 is to address behavioral health needs, regardless of whether a response is required. But the systems still have to work together and work with one another, right? Absolutely. And I want to stress here that coordination and partnership is absolutely key. The 988 and 911 systems will need to work together to allow easy referrals of callers for appropriate care or response that address the unique circumstance of each crisis call. We're working with SAMHSA and others to actively engage with 911 counterparts at the federal, state, and local level to plan for smooth coordination between the two services. Okay. So, Shannon, could you describe a situation that would require that close coordination? Absolutely. What we know from the previous work of the Lifeline Network when it was a 1-800 number is that there's only a small percentage of Lifeline calls that require connection to the 911 system where there's imminent risk to someone's life that cannot be reduced during a call with a crisis counselor. In these cases, the crisis counselor shares information that they have with 911 that is crucial to saving the caller's life. But again, many calls from people seeking help for a mental health crisis may never need a person, an in-person response and may not require any additional interventions beyond a phone call. Is that right? Right. So prior to this transition over to 988, SAMHSA was able to share that fewer than 2% of Lifeline calls required activation of their imminent risk plan. 
and a connection to emergency response services like 911. We expect that 988 will absorb many calls that would otherwise go to 911, and that percent of calls with need for services from 911 may change. While some safety and health issues may warrant a response from law enforcement or other emergency medical services, namely when suicide attempt is in progress, the 988 coordinated response is intended to promote stabilization and care in the least restrictive manner possible. And with 988, your call or text or chat may be the intervention. Trained crisis counselors answer you and provide support, resolving most crises over the phone and reducing our current need for in-person response and our need for 911 response. Absolutely. 911 call takers and other emergency response professionals have such important roles to play in our communities. But the reality is that a core function of 911's mission is to be a seamless source of communication between emergency response entities in our community, to dispatch an appropriate response. And for so many people in crisis, an in-person response isn't what they need. Volunteers and professionals working on mental health crisis hotlines can spend up to an hour, sometimes more, providing support to someone. This type of essential service deserves to have a designated set of professionals prepared to spend that time de-escalating and supporting people in crisis, while also helping them to identify next steps, which might also include in-person support from a mobile crisis team or from professionals at a crisis receiving center. NAMI's really built off of sharing stories from personal experiences, and, and I want to take a moment to share one that I recently heard from one of our, our advocates about her experience contacting her local crisis line because of some of the symptoms she was experiencing. She shared that one day she was driving home and the pattern of cars started to upset her. This is really normal for her mental health condition and some of the symptoms that she experiences. And what she needed at that point was time and support to get her home. She called her local hotline and the counselor over the phone understood that what was happening to her was part of her mental health condition. They continued to talk to her as she was driving home and provided her with the support that she needed. The call taker helped her de-escalate that situation, avoid an ER visit or hospital stay, and didn't have to involve the police. They got her home and she was able to get into her house and call her support systems that she already has around her. The situation was complicated, and but she was able to get that emergency support she needed in that moment without ever escalating it to more expensive emergency response systems that may not have been able to help her at that time. Wow, Shannon. Thank you for sharing that. And that's only one of the many success stories we've heard. When a complete crisis response system is fully implemented, do you think diverting many calls from 911 could result in cost savings for health and safety, crisis and emergency systems nationally? Yes, and it would help reduce the strain that is placed on our law enforcement partners and hospital emergency departments. It will reduce the dispatch of law enforcement to persons in non-emergency mental health crisis, freeing up more resources to respond to public safety needs, and it would likely reduce the hesitation associated with reporting mental health crises. But again, the systems still have to work together in the small percentage of cases that require an in-person response. And there are cases where 911 should be able to hand off to 988, right? Absolutely. 
currently there is no universal interoperability between 911 and 988, where information can easily be shared between the two systems. But there's a lot of work being done at the state and local levels to coordinate between 988 and 911 centers. This work is focused on developing additional policies and procedures so that 911 operators can hand off to 988 crisis systems as often as is appropriate. Shannon, I'm looking forward to continuing that work with you and NAMI. While we're talking about 911, can we bust a myth on geolocation? Some are saying that the new 988 hotline will automatically share your location with local authorities. Is that true? Thank you so much for bringing this up, Ron. I really want to stress that that information is false. The hotline does not currently have that capability, nor does it automatically share information with authorities. Again, I really want to stress this because it's important that folks understand what they're getting when they dial 988 and that they can trust the system when they are in a crisis. Calls to 988 are confidential unless a 988 counselor finds that there may be imminent risk and they initiate or activate that rescue policy that they have. Even then, the system has to go through a process to obtain that information so that they can provide it to 911 and so that 911 can dispatch an in-person response. Okay, so currently, the geolocation for 988 is not being used or available, but is it being considered? It is being considered, Ron, and there's some work being done at the national level to address this. As part of the National Suicide Hotline Designation Act, the FCC was required to submit a report to Congress about geolocation for 988. The report recommended that an advisory committee be established to learn more about key issues related to 988 and collecting location information. This really signaled that the FCC understood all of the complications and complexities of applying this type of technology to a line like 988. The FCC has not yet convened that committee, but they are continuing to consider various aspects of the location routing. Our primary goal is to make sure that people trust the 988 system to use it in times of crisis, which for many in crisis means trusting that their call is confidential. But we also want to make sure that people who call 988 can be connected to the services and supports in their communities. Remember, if you dial 988, your call is based on your local area code. So I'm going to give you an example, my personal example. My phone number is uh, has an area code based in Minnesota, but I live in Maryland. So when I dial 988, I will be connected to a call center in Minnesota. No matter what, I'm going to be connected to trained crisis counselors. But if I need support beyond that phone call, If I need support services in my community, it's going to be really difficult for that crisis counselor based in Minnesota to connect me to the resources in my community because I'm talking to someone in another state. So it's possible that in the future, the FCC and Congress may take action in order to better direct calls to the nearest call center, but we're not there yet. And that makes sense. I think along the way, it's going to be important that For the public, we have credibility and transparency, and so they know what the system does and does not do. And if it does decide to include geolocation, they understand why. So thanks for sharing that, Shannon. Up next, we're going to be talking about supporting 988. 